Thursday is underway here at Cavens Group. Love being out here. Gary, Amanda, the crew, Duke and Simba, the great dogs. Duke is a, a lot more, uh, well, friendly with photos and everything. And he's kind of the uh, the uh, Cavens mascot. But Simba's out here, and Simba's warming up to us. So Simba may be on camera here in the not-too-distant uh, future. So welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday here at Cavens Group. What do they do? They do emergency services, 24-7, 365, testing and investigation services, best reputation in the business here at Cavens, 13 years in the business, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying, emergency sewage cleanup, meth lab cleanup, emergency board-ups, tornado storm damage, emergency response as well, smoke and fire damage cleanups. They do it all here at Cavens Group, and uh, they are the very best in the business in the metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And don't forget, they have a toll-free number now, 800 594 4437. That's 800 594 4437 online at Group, C A V I N S, at com. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. How are we doing today, Parker? I can't complain, Steely. I went to see my chiropractor this morning, so I'm feeling good. Really? You get back issues or what's going on? No, not back issues. I just, A, if you don't go to a chiropractor on a regular basis, you're missing out because getting your back adjusted is fantastic and makes you feel so much better. And also, I just I like to be proactive with these types of things. It's less about addressing back issues in the here and now and more about preventing back issues in the future. You're not on uh, performance enhancing drugs. You're not uh, this isn't like a Balco situation, right? Uh yeah, no, definitely no Balco stuff happening here. Okay, just want to make sure uh, the chiropractor's on the up and up, apparently, so that's good. That's good to know. All right, uh, so the Sooners and SMU coming up Saturday, 5 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Sooners, we've talked about, they're clearly going to get a much bigger test than they did from Arkansas State in this matchup with the Mustangs. They're a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. I've seen that line drop, I think, at one other place where it's like 15-and-a-half. But uh, SMU opened up with a win over Louisiana Tech. They clearly stocked up in the portal, and their quarterback, Preston Stone, is highly regarded, spent two years behind Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai goes to Madison, Wisconsin, to play for the Badgers. Stone steps in as a very impressive first game. Let's hear from the Mustangs. Let's hear from head coach Rhett Lashley and Preston Stone. First here is uh, Rhett Lashley, the SMU head coach, on the matchup with Oklahoma. Um, you can tell they, like us, they went out, they were aggressive in the recruiting trail, aggressive in the portal. Um, on offense, they play extremely fast. There's a lot of similarities to style of play. They play fast. Their offensive line's huge. They can run it. They can really throw it because they can run it. It puts a lot of pressure on you on the outside because you're in a lot of one-on-ones, uh, favorable situations to throw the football. Dylan Gabriel's a stud. I knew him when he was at UCF. I mean, I think he's a winner. He can really throw the deep ball. He can run. He can scramble. So offensively, I mean, there's a reason they scored 73 and only punted once um, against a team who typically competes in the Sun Belt. So uh, on defense, it, it's what Brent does. And then Ted Roof, uh, who's the D.C., I've worked with him before, and, and Brandon Hall, the safeties coach. Those guys are they're really good. I mean, they take away what you do best. They're very, very multiple. Um, they're very aggressive. 
Um, they did a nice job, and they didn't play a lot of plays last week because they stopped the run. They got them into third downs, and, and they got off the field. So, and then you couple that into a pretty hostile environment. So it's it's an elite challenge for us, and I think our guys are excited for it. There you go. That's Rhett Lashley, the head coach of the Mustangs, talking about the matchup with the Sooners coming up uh, this Saturday, late afternoon, 5 o'clock. Preston Stone, the quarterback, one of the most highly uh, decorated players to ever sign with SMU. I mean, we're talking about going back to, like, the days of Eric Dickerson out of Sealy, Texas, who uh, the Sooners nearly landed but uh, could not get that done down the stretch. But this kid has a great reputation. Let's hear from Preston Stone, his thoughts on playing a big game in Norman Saturday. You know, these are the, these are the kind of games you dream of growing up, you know, going into, going into a packed house with just you and your brothers, and, you know, it's, it's everybody against you. So, um, you know, going, going up against a great program like Oklahoma is something that I've dreamed about ever since I was a little kid, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for this Saturday. What's the preparation been like to get ready for an environment like that? Um, you know, there's really not too much different um, as far as preparation goes. Um, obviously, you know, we're gonna it's gonna be much more hostile environment than um, than most of the teams that we'll play this year. But um, at the same time, you know, we just gotta do our job, and um, it's football. You know, whether there's ten people or a hundred thousand people watching, it's, it's still the same hundred yards that we're playing on. Um, so we just gotta go out there and do our job. There you go. All right, Parker, tell us a little bit more about Preston Stone, his high school reputation. Obviously, uh, a lot of schools, a lot of big-time schools wanted this kid. He ends up at SMU. What are the Sooners looking at in Preston Stone uh, Saturday? Yeah, this is definitely a guy that can hurt you with his arm and his legs. He is a redshirt sophomore, so this is a guy that has been in the program for quite some time, not terribly physically imposing at six foot one. 220 pounds or thereabouts, but a guy that, as you mentioned, Steely was very highly regarded coming out of high school. He was the number 15 quarterback in the 2021 class, which was a pretty loaded group of quarterbacks. If you recall, you had Caleb Williams in that class. You had Quinn Ewers in that class. You had JJ McCarthy, uh, Kyle McCord, Jackson Dart, Drake May all in that class, Jalen Milrow. So that was a good class of quarterbacks, and Preston Stone was one of the nation's best. Again, one of the top players that has ever signed with SMU out of high school. So this is the guy that the Mustangs have been waiting on to make his rise to the point where uh, he would be the face of this program. That time has come in 2023. He made one start last year for the Mustangs, but he is the full-time starter this season with Tanner Mordecai having moved on to Wisconsin. So, yeah, we're going to find out very quickly, I think, just how capable Preston Stone is of playing with the big boys because much as this is Oklahoma's first legitimate test of the 2023 season as a team, this is Preston Stone's first legitimate test as a collegiate starter. No doubt, and uh, it's going to be interesting. As we get closer uh, to this football game, are you feeling uh, you know, less worried about this matchup with SMU, a little more apprehensive? Uh, where are you in this game uh, Saturday against uh, the Mustangs? I'm not that apprehensive, Steely, to be honest with you. I think on paper, SMU is obviously a lot more talented than Arkansas State, so... The Sooners will get more of a challenge from the Mustangs. But even so, top to bottom, Oklahoma is more talented. And I don't think the 
I don't think the talent is going to be neutralized by poor scheming or lack of depth the way that it was at times in 2022 for Oklahoma. And so with these guys having an additional year in the system, more depth, and certainly better talent, I think, than we had a year ago at the University of Oklahoma, I expect the Sooners to show out on Saturday and prove that at least as far as group of five teams like SMU are concerned, Oklahoma is a cut above. I fully expect this team to be 5-0 and heading into the Cotton Bowl. You know, I uh, I feel the same, and I wouldn't put my uh, concern level at super high or anything earlier in the week, but clearly this is going to be a better test, and we'll get some more answers from this football game uh, coming up this weekend, and we did in the opener. But I feel like the Sooners again, uh, you know, I'm looking at something in the range of 42-17, 45-21, maybe something like that. I think Oklahoma is going to cover this spread uh, this weekend, but um, again, it's interesting. There are some people like we'll play a cut from JD Pickell, your boy JD Pickell, a little bit later on from on three. He gave SMU a 36 percent chance of winning in Norman this weekend. What, wait, and where does we'll 36 percent come from? I don't know. I guess maybe JD Pickell has a computer formula or something. Now I, I'm not sure, but yeah, that is a, that an <laughs> that's an interesting number for sure. No doubt. Uh, yeah, well, 36% is what we're saying on this for SMU. And, you know, it's kind of, I would say, breaking down our texts that we've had this week, um, I don't know if the Sooner fans feel that concerned, but clearly they know this is going to be a, a much bigger uh, test in terms of finding out where this football team is. And um, I don't know if we'll really know anything. Certainly not going to know anything definite probably until the Cotton Bowl. Maybe we'll learn a lot after the Cincinnati game because that'll be an interesting road test. I don't think Cincinnati is is overly impressive, and I know they blew out Elon in their first game, not Elon Musk, Elon College. But, um, you know, I, I think that will, uh, when they go on the road against a hostile uh, crowd, who's going to be fired up to see Oklahoma and their only matchup in the Big 12, uh, that will give us an indication of where this team is too. But we're gonna we're gonna have more unveiled this weekend certainly than we did last week against Arkansas State. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That's four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Reach out to us. The Ref Army always does. Want to hear what you have to think as we get closer to the kickoff of this game this weekend? Are you feeling? Uh, Less nervous? Are you even nervous at all? Uh, what is your uh, level of concern, or what are your thoughts on this weekend matchup between the Sooners and SMU? Here at Cavens Group, they're the very best in the business. You know what they're all about. Emergency services 24-7, every day of the year. Testing and investigation services to keep you ahead of potential problems. That's what they do. And again, here in the metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. 918-282-7612, toll-free, 800-594-4437. Go ahead and program those numbers into your phone. If you ever encounter an emergency situation, Cavens is the place to call. They have the most crews and the best crews, and they will do a great job for you. Gary and company are simply the best, kind of like Riverwind Casino. All right, break time right here. Thanks to Last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405 Five seven. 
I just forgot the number. 579-3113. Wow, old man. Write these numbers down. Last year, Home Comfort Systems, they'll do a great job when it comes to heating and air issues. They got you covered there. Stay with us. We're going to come back. Baker Mayfield getting ready to make his regular season debut. The Bucks at the Vikings this weekend. We'll hear what he has to say up next right here on The Ref. Thursday, we love being out here at Cabin's Group. Mike Steely out here with you. Plank was out here earlier, and uh, we always have a great time out here with the crew at Cabin's Group. And, of course, Duke and Simba as well. All right, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers open the season uh, this Sunday. It'll be a noon game on CBS against the Minnesota Vikings. They are a five-and-a-half-point underdog in this matchup to uh, the Vikes. Let's hear what Baker has to say. says he's ready to start the season this Sunday with an uh, interesting matchup on the road at Minnesota. That's what you work all year for. Uh, the real thing's finally here, so we're ready to finally go out and, and play somebody else for real uh, and just see all the things that we've been working on, see, see how it comes to life, all the little details, all the off-season workouts, uh, the foundational stuff that we've been trying to get installed and just to see how it plays out and just to see how guys handle it throughout the game. It's it's football. It's the highest level you can play at, so there's going to be ebbs and flows, ups and downs during the game. And so we're, we're built to handle that adversity, and so I'm excited to see how we do. Um, only played there once, but their crowd is awesome. The stadium's great, uh, and going up against a good team. Uh, defensively, they've been good in the past, and so we're looking forward to a new challenge with, with Flores calling it. And so, yeah, you, you look forward to the challenge of all the pressures, the crowd noise, and all, all of the different variables that they're going to throw at you. And uh, it, it's just something about just your team. It's your guys only in that stadium against theirs. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's always special. All right, so last year was a very uh, interesting year for Baker. Started out at Carolina with Matt Rule, obviously, who's now in uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ends up uh, with Sean McVay and the Rams later in the season. Has that incredible Monday night miracle performance where uh, he was tremendous. A lot of people thought maybe Baker would stay in L.A. as a backup for Matthew Stafford and eventually take over there. That did not happen. He ends up being in Tampa Bay and... The successor to Tom Brady and the legacy of the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. So, Baker, you know, it's going to be interesting. This year could be very intriguing for him. What is his mindset heading into this season? To be honest, every year is different. Uh, and this one for me, it's had the whole offseason to work with, with this group. New offense for everybody. I've worked similar offense in the past. So just trying to learn and not, not act like I have it figured out each day. So for me, it's, it's now uh, going into year six. So act like I've been here, but also still have a young mindset. It, it, I always have room to grow and learn. Uh, but also take command of it. Be a leader and just show that instead of just focus on the game plan only. Yeah, I have to do my job, but also bring everybody else along at the same time. There you go. All right, those are your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're talking about Parker Thune. How do you feel about? How do you feel about number six under center for you? I mean, I'm excited. Uh, he's a lot easier to root for than Jameis Winston ever was, and I find him a lot easier to root for than Tom Brady ever was. Even though Tom Brady was the greatest of all time, I was, you know, it, it feels like if you, you either love Tom Brady or you hate Tom Brady, I will always be thankful for the Super Bowl that Tom Brady brought to the organization, but. By the same token, I was never really a fan of Brady before he was a Buccaneer, so it felt kind of odd to be rooting for him all of a sudden. Needless to say, uh, it's a new era of Buccaneer football. 
the post-Brady era, and I'm glad Baker Mayfield is the guy that's going to be taking the snaps because it's it's my world's colliding to a certain extent. All right, there you go, Parker's. Uh, he's fired up to see Baker playing for his Buccaneers this year. Um, you know, to me, it's just going to be – it's a good organization – uh, this is the uh, – and the Rams have developed into a pretty good organization too. Well, at least that coaching staff. But in terms of organization, Tampa Bay used to be a laughing stock. But, you know, in, uh, in in the last 15, 20 years, obviously they've gotten a lot better, and they have one of the better organizations in football. So that may serve him, might serve him well. But does this feel like a make or bake or break? season for Baker Mayfield as a uh, starter, you know, a continual starter in the NFL? I I think Baker, with his performance down the stretch last year for the Rams, bought himself some leeway, which is to say that there's, there's always going to be, I would say, three or four NFL teams year in and year out that don't really have a clear answer at quarterback, uh, don't really – they don't. They aren't really in position to draft a franchise guy with one of the top picks, and so they're stuck taking a shot in the dark with a veteran guy, a couple of veteran guys battling it out in training camp for that role. And so, if Baker Mayfield performs well for the Buccaneers this year, performs well enough to have them in playoff contention, I think they'll re up him, and I think he'll be back in twenty twenty four and beyond. But if not, I think Baker has done – he's already done enough in his career, in my opinion, that he's always going to have a market for his services amongst teams that are interested in just bringing in a guy that can legitimately compete for a starting job and won't be overwhelmed by the demands of running an NFL offense. So this is probably Baker's make-or-break year as far as being a clear-cut starter, i.e. the guy that you sign with the expectation – that he's going to be your starting quarterback for multiple years into the future. But I don't think it's necessarily make or break for his career as a whole. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of baking, I'm here at Cavens Group, and I sent out our tweets. And, uh, Gunny, we, we appreciate you, as always, being with us. But uh, uh, Gunny uh, sent a picture of, like, a spread on a table that would be at, like, Cheech and Chong's apartment or Jeff Spicoli. So, uh, Interesting. I uh, hopefully Gary will be okay with that. But Gunny, all right. Thank you, Gunny, for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's very interesting. Like I said, it it does look a little bit like Cheech and Chong's apartment, if you know what I mean. Okay, uh, let's get some text in. By the way, Nigel Smith tomorrow. Nothing's changed. Everything looking good. Absolutely correct. Absolutely, nothing has changed. What me worry, the Alfred E. Newman Mad Magazine approach right there from uh, Parker Thune. No worries whatsoever. All right, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get there right now. A listener in the 715, which is Wisconsin, says, I am a Packer fan, so I will be cheering Baker on even louder. Laughing emoji. Hmm. All right, there you go. Yeah, well, of course they would. Uh, the Vikings' home environment, though, I do like the giant horn and everything. It's pretty cool. I know Travis Davidson loves it, too, obviously. What is it? Oh, the, the Yaller horn? Is that what it's called? I think I think that's what it's called. I'm sure we'll get a text from Travis here in any second. 
He'll let us know. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, Steely, when looking for the OU game Saturday, remember these four words, call a young person. That video from OU football is pure gold. <laughs> you know what? Uh, last night we, uh, we, we cut the cord with cable. And so I was watching the game. Thank you very much. Uh, but but I've had some challenges. Like last week, the first game, it, it started spinning a couple times, and I don't need any spinning. You know what I mean? And I, the first time I saw it, I flipped out because I have a tendency to overreact when I'm missing a college football game or play, and it did that a couple times. So I thought, all right, I'm going through ESPN+. Plus. Here is what I'm going to have to do, I think. Through Apple TV, on my phone – play ESPN Plus because it's 5G, and I don't think it'll shut down. But for some reason, I couldn't get Apple TV turned on last night, so I I was losing my mind. I'm thinking, you know, I just like the days where you can just turn turn to a channel and you get a college football game, where it's times were much simpler back then. This new era of technology can be challenging. And, again, I think for the most part, we got it figured out. It it looked like a bad HDMI cable from Apple TV. But, anyway, um, can anybody else, you know, identify with that issue? Because last week, you know, we're watching the game, and then all of a sudden it starts spinning. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. So, hopefully, this weekend, we don't need the spinning wheel popping up. Can't yeah, have it. That is the one thing about streaming that gets annoying sometimes. If you have any interruption of your internet connectivity, it's going to lead to a very frustrating game-watching experience. Realtor Chris on the text line says, Fellow cord cutter here, two weeks in, almost past the withdrawal phase. Yeah, it, it took us a long time to cut the cord. Old people don't like change, and I'm one of those old people who doesn't like change. And uh, I think for my age, I'm actually fairly decent with technology, but I, I just couldn't handle the spinning wheel last week a couple times. I'm like, no, oh, my, I was, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. You know, you can interrupt anything else. You can interrupt, interrupt Blacklist or anything on Netflix we're watching. That's fine. But a live football game, that can't happen. So anyway, there you go. All right, we're here at Cavens Group. Gary's going to join us next segment and tell us what's going on here at Cavens. Uh, They are always attending new classes, learning new tricks of the trade to stay ahead of the game. That's what they do here at Cavens. And uh, we'll talk to Gary in the next segment. Keep those texts rolling in, 405-651-651. 3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We've got a lot more Sooner recruiting to talk about as well. Just get warmed up here on a Thursday on the home of Sooner fans. Back here at Cavens Group, Mike Steely with you on this Thursday. Always enjoy being out of here with Gary and the crew, including uh, the uh, business mascot, Duke. And uh, Gary, how we doing? How's the week going? It's going good. It's going good. It's flying by. A short week, you know, with Labor Day and everything. I like it when it flies by, and uh, we always anticipate football season. It's the best time of the year, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say that we in the media, oh, man, it's so difficult. But it, it's time-consuming uh, with all the editing and the pregame prep that we do, and we try, I try and prep quite a bit. I'm an over-prepper. But uh, it does kind of make the week go by. 
faster when you're always doing something. All of a sudden, man, it's already Thursday afternoon, you know? I know, 100%. 100%. I like it. All right, uh, let's get your expert take on uh, the Sooners last week. Oh, it was great. It was outstanding. I was really excited about seeing them all out there and just seeing the capabilities. And um, I'm excited to see uh, what the rest of the season holds and this weekend holds. There you go. All right. Uh, what is going on at Cavens this time of the year? I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think people automatically, when they think of a business like yours, they think about storm season, the spring, tornadoes, hail, high winds, a lot of rain. But you guys are, you know, working on stuff, and there are obviously emergencies year-round. What, uh, what kind of stuff are you dealing with right now? We're dealing with some sewer losses where some pumps went down and uh, backed up and caused some sewer losses. We're dealing with some mold issues that came from um, the late summer, you know, the midsummer storms and early summer storms um, with water intrusion issues. And we're dealing with, um, uh, so we're dealing with a lot of mold with that, a lot of mold testing. Um, We've got a couple of fires that we're dealing with getting cleaned up and getting put back together too. So we're doing a little bit of everything that we do, um, you know, fire, water, mold. You know, we also do the this crime scene cleanup and uh, emergency board up and all that also. There you go. Uh, your man Chris Smith out here is Mr. Uh, Mr. Roofing and uh, heads up that department. Now, I've known Chris for a long time, pretty good athlete back in the day. Uh, how's he doing and what's going on with the roofing uh, part of your business? It's going great. Chris is staying busy. Uh, he's talking to a lot of people and uh, making sure that um, they're getting, you know, free inspections and getting taken care of. Um, he's doing a, a great job. He's out doing some inspections today, and I think I think he's trying to sneak away for one last trip to the lake. There the you go. The weekend. Everybody, well, <laughs> he needs to call T.J. Perry. He is the king of that, sneaking away for a last-minute trip to the lake. I think T.J., that's the name of his autobiography, by the way, T.J. Perry. <laughs> All right, uh, so what do you think about this plan from the Norman Economic Development Council? Billion-dollar plan to put an entertainment district over there off Rock Creek Road in 24th. Uh, I, you know... I look at it and I think, man, that's that's great for the future, and it's eighty percent privately funded. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. I think it's great for Norman. I think it's great for the community. I think it's great because we're going then the SEC, and I mean, I, there's just so much going on that uh, you know. I just think that it's a uh, it's a really good time, and it'll be a, a nice addition over there, where there's um, you know that area of Norman's grown quite a bit uh, over the years, and. Um, you know, I think it'll just add to it and grow it out even further. So. It's a, it's amazing because I was born and raised here, and, uh, you know, beyond like the Brookhaven edition, there was really not much out there at all. And it's growing and expanding uh, more every year, and I think this would be a great, great deal. I know that you guys are so heavily involved in the community that I figured uh, Gary's going to like this and uh, uh, be a part of it. So, what else is going on? What else do we need to know about Cavens? Well, you know, just, you know, if you have an emergency, call us 24-7, 365, fire, water, mold, storm, crime scene cleanup, um, emergency board up, uh, meth lab cleanup. Uh, we have the fire testing, the mold testing, water intrusion investigation. 
Uh, we can test a building and see if it was used as a meth lab and it needs to be cleaned up. Um, you know, if you had a grass fire close to your house and you think that it would have affected the interior of your house, and we can come in and test that and say whether it has or hasn't. And, you know, the, the versatility on our emergency response side um, is just there, and we're here to help any way we can at any time. Now, uh, your dog, Duke, out here is becoming a social media star. There is no doubt. And I hear that Duke is potentially on the verge of signing an NIL deal with, like, Alpo or Kibbles and Bits. Alpo, that's an older reference. (laughs) I don't even know if that's still around. But uh, Duke's becoming a star. He is. He is. He's trying to negotiate out those deals. I had to watch him yesterday, you know. Keep sneaking out, trying to talk to him. Maybe, maybe he'll end up with as many an IL deals as uh, Caleb Williams or General Booty. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Gary, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Gary Cabins out here, the man at Cabins Group. Great dude, and does a lot in the community as well. Parker, do you want to uh, get back to the text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine? That is the number. For the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. Everybody's beefing about cable and or streaming on the text line right I got, now. Good. I got to hear. Maybe I'll get some suggestions here. Uh, Jimmy from BA says, Mike, how are you going to line up all the Saturday games without cable? I flip between multiple games with cable. You know, I'm. Uh, we cut the cord, but I had a set up upstairs where I could watch two at once and with my phone three at once. And I don't have that. I've got the capability to watch. Here's the problem this weekend. My ESPN Plus runs best through my phone. Now, it runs okay on uh, on our smart TV downstairs in the living room. The problem is we cut the cord with ESPN. So I don't have them as a provider now on that smart TV. So I have to run it through. Uh, I can run it through YouTube. It was spinning a little bit last week. But running it through my phone on the 5G, it works like a charm. The problem is i got to tell a bunch of people, hey, do not text me during the game. You will stop the game. And I get nine, like you probably do, nine million texts during a football game. Don't you? I know I know you're shooting the game, so you probably told a lot of people, hey, I'm not going to be able to text, but, you know, and I just, I, they never stop, you know, during the game. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, elsewhere on the text line from the 918, if you aren't on cable or satellite TV, OU football broadcast delay about 30 seconds. A listener in the 405 says, I'll have cable until they put me in the ground with it. Well, you know, happy wife, happy life. And uh, my wife was not happy with the cable bill, and I don't blame her. It was out of control. It was like, it was ridiculous. I mean, Really ridiculous. You want to talk about an older reference? Realtor Chris says, Steely having Heidi Bull flashbacks during the spinning wheel. <laughs> I like it. I wonder if Alpo had a spot during the Heidi, the Heidi Bull back in the day. Was that the Raiders and the Jets? I know the Raiders were involved. I think it was the Raiders and the Jets game, right? I'm trying to see if I still It was Raiders-Jets, get... yes. There you go. There you go. As I recall, at least. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't alive back then, but just from the... The football history that I know of. That was a Raiders-Jets game. Uh, YouTube TV. This comes from the 405. YouTube TV started something this year where you can view four games at once, and the one that you highlight is the one you hear. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I've done, I've done that already. And what's weird was the uh, like watching Nebraska last week and 
who else did I watch? Well, uh, Utah and Florida. The games I watched last week, it was clear as a bell, no problems. And then Saturday, uh, we we got a little bit of the uh, – who did the song Spinning Wheel back in the day? Was that uh, – I'm trying to think. Was that Three Dog Night? I think it might have been. But we got we got a little bit too much of the spinning wheel. I do not want to see the spinning wheel. Uh, Sooner Soldier says, I have used them all, and Sling is the best, and it's a lot cheaper. Derek says, in regards to subscription services, if you're not care- careful, you can exceed a decent cable package by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, it's crazy. You're right. You've got to be uh, super careful about that. But... Um... I won't say anything about the cable company. I better keep the thoughts to myself there. Might get in some trouble. Here's an interesting question from the listener in the 850, which is down in Florida. Why do you guys think that Freeman isn't being used in the passing game like at all? He had four catches on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Tied for the team lead amongst receivers not named Jaquez Petaway. Yeah. So I, I I think Gavin Freeman is going to be used quite a bit in the passing game. I have no reason to think otherwise right now, especially when you consider all of the praise he's earned from Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby, et cetera. This is a guy that's going to get used a lot, both offensively and on special teams in 2023 for the Sooners. They are going to make good use of Gavin Freeman. And, you know, they played so many guys last week. Uh, Drake going out early in the game, I'm sure, affected that clearly. But uh, they spread the wealth a lot last week. As you said, Petaway had nine, but you had ten different receivers catching the football last week in the Arkansas State game. So there you go. Okay, break time. Thanks to Gary for dropping by to tell us what's happening here at Cabins. Gary is a great dude with a great business here at Cabins Group. And uh, friendly staff out here, they are the very best in the business. And emergency services, be thinking about Cavens Group. Break time right here. Let's keep those texts rolling in. T.J. Eckert next hour, breaking down the Sooners, breaking down uh, T.U. playing out in Seattle against Washington, and Michael Penix Jr. coming up this Saturday. We'll talk about that. But we've got a lot of text uh, to get to and recruiting stuff to get to as well. Keep it right here on the home of Sooner fans. Here at Cavens on a Thursday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. And the uh, Baker Mayfield clips we played previously are Ortho Central clips of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now in Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard in the Tri-City area. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. What a Friday night and what a Saturday night we have coming this weekend at Riverwind Casino Friday night, REO Speed Wagon, September 8th. That's tomorrow. And that's going to be a heck of a show at the Showplace Theater. We need to get REO in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, the next week, we have Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Chicago coming on uh, Friday night, September 15th. But this, this Friday, tomorrow night, REO at the Showplace Theater. Uh, riverwind.com for tickets to all the shows or you can go by the casino box office so tomorrow night friday night reo Speedwagon. the next friday night chicago september 15th on the way we've got foreigner october 6th another band that's on the cusp of going into the rock and roll hall of fame and then you have uh, carly pierce we have shows from rodney carrington on the way aaron lewis 
uh, Flatland Cavalry, Boys to Men. Great to have the Showplace Theater back. And, again, Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, kicked it off June 23rd. We've had Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, again, uh, recently. Uh, that was August 25th, so it's great to have the Showplace Theater back. And the 50K Harvest Winnings drawings for that great promotion are happening uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock to 11.30 for the prelims. Get out there. Two winners are going to get $400 in cash or bonus play every half hour if your name's called. And uh, two grand prize winners are going to get at least $1,000 cash or bonus play in the grand prize drawings coming up Saturday night in the 50K Harvest Winnings promotion at Riverwind, simply the best. Okay, let's see what the Ref Army's talking about again on our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Is there an app, this comes from a 918 listener, is there an app where I can get the game live while at the game? I like to have Toby and the guys do play-by-play. Uh, there, There is one, right, that where you can sync up I know for like TV purposes, but uh, yeah, there's there's. Uh, as far as having there's as as an app, at, yes, yeah. As far as being at the stadium, though, could you eat? Would it even be possible to get the play-by-play live, or would there be? Because there's usually a broadcast delay of seven seconds, ten seconds, yeah, something like probably that. That would true. be my concern. Is that even if you can get live play-by-play, is it going to match up with what you're actually seeing with your own two eyes? Um, Right. From the 918 as well, Zach Schmidt looked a little shaky on his first two extra point kicks. Knuckleballs that went low through the uprights. He went, uh, who's your favorite uh, knuckleballer of all time? Gaylord Perry? Oh, Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield. All right, there you go. So he went Tim Wakefield on a couple, I guess, and uh, that's got some people a little bit concerned. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Softball Steve says, OU 50, SMU 13. Sooner D smothers SMU's quarterback unlike last game. 13 would be a great result for the OU defense. I think anything under 17 points. And, again, I'm not saying this is a great SMU team, but, uh, you know, in this day and age of college football, now with the new clock uh, situation, uh, even teams that go fast. Now, the Sooners got a bunch of plays in, but what did Arkansas State get in, like 50, I think? And, uh, of course, they had a ton of three and outs. But, um, you know, it's it's not like the old days with Boz and Casillas and Ricky Dixon and that 85 defense where you can just smother people and, you know, hold them to you know, less than, uh, you know, 150 yards or whatever on occasion. But I think, Parker, we talked about this yesterday, like, do you think 17 or under is like an A performance for uh, OU Saturday, or you got to go lower than that? I don't know. I would say under 30 points is adequate because with as much as this offense is going to score in 2023 or should score, it, it, SMU's got athletes on the offensive side of the ball. Jordan Hudson, Jalen Knight, and obviously Preston Stone at quarterback. We've talked about some of the names that they have on that side of the football that can match up physically with some of the guys that Oklahoma will trot out there defensively. So I expect SMU to score. If they can power down the Mustang offense, then that'll be an early season feather in the cap for this unit. I do expect SMU to score a couple times at the very least, though. By the way, uh, 
A-Train on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line says, there's this thing called a radio you buy for 7 bucks. I used it at the game, and it's maybe a half second behind my eyeballs. I also got a text from one Teddy Lehman who said, there is usually an in-stadium FM feed that we send from the booth that has no delay. They may turn the delay off on the OU radio network as well. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate that. You, uh, you've got a little bit of old in you every now and then, Parker. You know that? There's some olds in there. You, so? used, you used feather in the cap. Is that an old thing? I think it is. It's, it, it's just a metaphor. How many young whippersnappers are talking about somebody having a feather in their cap? Not many. See, you've got an old soul in there as well. I suppose. I am somewhat of an anachronism. I'll take that. J.P. Sooner says 56-3 to with a defensive tutty taken to the bank. Cherokee Sooner says, we're going to send the ponies to the glue factory. 91-3. <laughs> to <laughs> Was my uncle finally figured out the tax line there or what? Yeah, By it, the way, it would make be... a lot of sense if your uncle is actually <laughs> Cherokee Sooner because Cherokee Sooner has nothing but bangers on the Knippelmeyer. Uh, yeah, line. he's pretty Every good. Every single text is pretty, excellent. Pr- pretty good. All right, uh, got to get out of here for the first hour. Next hour, we have T.J. Eckert joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And J.D. Piquel, that uh, soundbite where he says that SMU has a 36% chance of pulling the upset this weekend. He'll explain why. And then we'll have people dog him on the text line for the rest of the hour. Coming oh, okay. up here from Cavens. So I'm sure J.D.'s that's our punching bag, huh? I think he will turn into a punching bag based on what he had to say about this matchup. So that's coming up next hour as well. Keep it here. Thanks to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. But we've got a lot more to go. Steel Man and Thune here on the ref. Be talking here from Cavens Group for another 60 minutes. Getting ready for an OEC Fiber Football Friday tomorrow. We will be out at the one and only Riverwind Casino as we are each and every Friday. Can't wait to get out there. Just like I can't wait to be here at Cavens every Thursday. We had Gary on for an update earlier in the first hour. You know what Cavens does. Emergency services 24-7, 365 days a year. Testing and investigation services. Mold removal, emergency water extraction and structural drying. Uh, they do emergency board-ups, tornado storm damage, emergency response, smoke and fire damage cleanups, hoarding cleanup, and haul-away structural emergency cleanup. And they uh, test for mold, uh, structural fire, wildfire investigation, meth lab inspection and testing, water intrusion investigations, groundwater investigations and testing as well. They do it all here at Cayman's Group in the Oklahoma City metro area, 405 405- Five seven three thirty forty eight. That is four zero five five seven three thirty forty eight in Tulsa. Nine one eight two eight two seven six one two, and their brand new toll free number eight hundred nine nine four five nine four. I'm sorry, and forty four thirty seven. So that's eight hundred five nine four. 4437 online at com. All right. So, again, I think the Sooners are going to handle SMU, and they'll do it in a, uh, I'm not going to say a a super easy manner on Saturday, but I think they'll handle handle their business. And 
I don't know, 45-21, maybe something like that, maybe 42-17. I think they're going to cover the spread. Uh, I do think this is going to be obviously a better Oklahoma football team this year. And uh, we'll get some more answers. We, did, we, we didn't get a ton of answers last week in that beat down of Arkansas State, but I think, you know, the eye test tells you that this is clearly a deeper Oklahoma team that is more structurally sound in both the offensive and defensive systems, and they have a lot more options at uh, every position uh, than they did a year ago. And competitive depth has been a phrase that's been thrown out there a lot by the coaches and the players, and uh, I think we saw evidence clearly of that last week. Now, there are some who think that SMU, man, they did so well in the portal and that uh, SMU is going to be a dangerous team. J.D. Pakel of On3, talking about games to look at this week where there could be potential upsets, and he included Oklahoma SMU in the mix. Here's what he had to say. Like Preston Stone's ability in itself makes this game fascinating. He's a cool customer, man. He, he is cool like a seventh grader walking out of lids. We've all been there. They're going to score some points against Oklahoma. Rhett Lashley's offense, going to dial it up. They are swinging for the fence on the road in Oklahoma. Jordan Hudson, five-star wide receiver for us here at On3. He was the number two wide receiver in his class, according to us here at On3. So I'm seeing a quarterback. I'm seeing a big-time wide receiver. What do we say about upsets? All it takes is one matchup. You may not have all 11, but if you have one out of 10, you can make that one work to your advantage consistently, and that's just the well you keep going back to, especially on the outside where you can kind of isolate a matchup. Keep an eye on this game. I'm expecting this one to be a track meet. I like SMU to potentially cover that 15. For what it's worth, we put this at a 36% chance of an upset for the Mustangs. There's your 36% right there, Parker Thune. What do you think? Of the take there, I so it wasn't basically what I what I heard is it wasn't him saying thirty six percent. They've clearly got some analytical data model or something like that because he said we. So mm-hmm. I I don't know what they're using to project the outcome of this football game, but uh, look, he makes a good point, which is to say that if you can keep going back to the well with one matchup that is a nightmare for the opposition, it it gives you a leg to stand on. Even if you are overmatched at all of the other positions, you got one matchup and you know how to leverage it to your favor. You can hang with a team that's more talented than you. I and I, like I said, I expect SMU to score. I don't think OU is going to walk all over this team, but I also think that Brent Venables is a good enough defensive coach, and his staff they individually are capable enough to make the necessary in-game adjustments to the point that if. Oklahoma is getting dominated. If you do have one, if you have, say, Jordan Hudson that's really dominating an individual matchup and causing problems for the Sooners, I think this staff is going to be able to adjust on the fly adequately enough to be able to curtail that particular player's impact on the game and thus maintain a pretty substantial margin for error for the Sooners. So, yeah, again. SMU is not going to lay down and die when they come to Norman on Saturday, but I don't know if they have the firepower to keep pace with the Sooners for two quarters or for four quarters, maybe for two, certainly not for four. 
Interesting uh, what J.D. Piquel said about, you know, their formula, 36% for SMU. A guy who doesn't think, uh, you know, he didn't totally rip SMU to shreds in terms of their roster or anything. He gave them a little bit of praise. But Peyton Bowen didn't sound like he was that worried. Here's what he said the other day. Really explosive. They got fast receivers. They recruited great in their um, in the transfer portal. So they got guys like um, Miami transfer running back Knighton. Um, their receivers fast, twitchy. They can make plays. They're going to take the shots. Like they're going to give us 50-50 balls. But in my in my eyes, like we got to make those plays. Like we can't let them. It can't be called 50-50 balls. We got to have the higher percentage, in my opinion. So as the DBs and what we're thinking and. So they're going to be high tempo, high run, high shots, and we just got to make plays. We can't give up big plays. I mean, they played Tulsa and La Tech. They ain't played no one like Oklahoma in Oklahoma's defense, so they're going to be in for a shot. There you go. We, we talked about this yesterday. Peyton Bowen's got some dog in him. And you know what David Bennett said back in the day, the Coastal Carolina coach, we don't need no meows, we don't need no cats, we need more dogs. And it appears that the Sooners have some more dogs this year no doubt about it um you know we talked about the three five stars how do you grade all three of the five stars performances last week jackson arnold peyton bowen pj adabari what do you think last week letter grade wise for you parker see pj adabari i think he, i think in the box score he only had one tackle that dude and obviously, you know, when any freshman is on the field, somebody like me is going to be all the more cognizant of their presence from field level. So I, I was scrutinizing P.J. Atabari pretty closely on the snaps that he was on the field. He was getting after the quarterback. And, yeah, it was Arkansas State. But P.J. got some fire off the edge, man. And so I don't know if the box score necessarily does his performance justice this past Saturday. That's a guy that – and you heard Brent Menable say it on Tuesday, they expect his role to increase over the course of the season. So I, I'm i 100% in alignment, in agreement with that. I think you're going to start to see more and more and more of P.J. Adebari as the season drags on. Obviously, Peyton Bowen was fantastic. He laid the loudest hit of the entire game on Saturday there in the third quarter. And then, obviously, Jackson Arnold was Jackson Arnold. Man, he was lights out, 11 for 11, 114 yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. All told, it wasn't just limited to those three guys. Samuel Masigo made a couple real nice plays on special teams, threw a key block on Gavin Freeman's punt return. Caden Green got some run with the first team in the second quarter, uh, and he more than held his own. He was dominant on some reps. So very, very encouraging debut for many of those Sooner freshmen. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, recruiting update. Nigel Smith expected to commit to the Sooners tomorrow night. That's basically a done deal. And uh, what are we hearing on Grant Bricks, Michael Boganowski, Zina uh, Umazo? Why am I blanking there? Amozalu, he committed Zina Amozalu, wearing burn orange, right? Yeah, he so. is, he's a longhorn. There you go. Oh, you was indeed the smoke screen down the stretch there, but he's a longhorn. Danny Okoye tweeted out not long ago he's dropping an official top three soon, I, and that was 20 minutes ago or so. Uh, so what are we thinking there? Clearly Oklahoma, uh, Texas, and who else? 
I would say Tennessee, OU, Texas, That's Tennessee, right, Tennessee. For, for quite a while has felt like the top three there. When do you expect him to make a commitment? What would you say? I would say before the end of the month. I would say sometime in September you get Danny Okoye off the board. Okay. What's the latest on Grant Bricks? That that could be a huge get, clearly, for Oklahoma. How long uh, do you think Sooner fans are going to have to wait there? I don't really know, man. I don't think any. I, I don't think the kid knows. That's the problem. It's hard to peg a timeline when the kid hasn't made a decision for himself. And trust me, when he does, uh, you all will obviously be apprised of that. And I don't think it will come with a whole lot of fanfare, as we've talked about before. Bricks isn't that type of kid, but. It's Oklahoma or it's Nebraska, and heck, man, we talked about it earlier in the week, but this weekend is where Oklahoma has an opportunity to truly set itself apart from Nebraska in this race because if the Sooners take care of business against SMU and Nebraska goes out to Boulder and gets throttled by Colorado, which is very much in the realm of possibility, then Oklahoma's 2-0, and Nebraska's 0-2, Sooner's stock soaring, Nebraska's stock plummeting. At that point, man, you can throw that in front of Grant Bricks and just tell the kid, look, what are you waiting on at this point? Make the call. Let's do this. And Nebraska, Colorado, again, as you said, coming up this weekend. Last I saw, I don't know if the lines moved. I know Colorado opened as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. But, uh, man, I remember back in the days of Bill McCartney when he declared Nebraska as their rival. Uh, they beat Nebraska, uh, thinking, like, what is it, like his third year, I believe, maybe, something like that. Um, man, I wonder if Dion can usher in another really uh, good era of Colorado football. I mean, the McCartney era – had uh, you had clearly a Salinesi at a quarterback before he got cancer and passed, he was like their inspirational leader. Uh, then you had Darian Hagan and Eric Bieniemy and Jeff Campbell at wide receiver and JJ Flanagan at running back, Chad Brown, who was a, a great uh, linebacker in the NFL with the Steelers uh, and played for a while, uh, clearly at a high level in the NFL. They had some players and they had, uh, um, who is who is the uh, the defensive end? Um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. But they had two great defensive ends. Uh, Canavis McGee was one. I can't remember the other one. But I mean, Colorado they end up winning the national championship there. But I wonder if Dion can get Colorado football back to that level. Uh, we'll see. And if they really, you know, they're skill players. He said, and he may, may be right. They're skill players. Uh, at least three of those guys are as good as anybody in college football. Or do you think that part of that was TCU was just clearly uh, they lost a ton from that national championship runner-up team from a year ago? What is your take? What do you think a realistic take is now on Colorado in terms of what they can do? I, are you talking short-term or are you talking long-term? I'm just talking this year. This year, I'll bet you they, they're they a bowl team. They could win. I think the ceiling is nine games. I bet you they could win nine games. I think they're definitely going bowling. I, I, I'm i tempering expectations for Colorado, at least more so than others right now, just because I think results in week one can often be so misleading. We don't really know 
whether Colorado's victory over TCU was because Colorado is drastically improved or because TCU is substantially worse than they were a year ago, or it could be a little bit of both. The answer could lie somewhere in between. So we need more context to understand just how talented Colorado actually is. And I think we will certainly get an idea once they square off with the likes of Oregon and USC, for instance. All right, break time right here. I was thinking back to that uh, that Colorado coaching staff back in the day, too. You had, uh, like, assistant coaches under Bill McCartney back in the day. You had uh, Gary Barnett. Katie was a girl. Not only was she a girl, she was terrible. Couldn't kick the ball through the uprights. And then you had uh, Les Miles on that staff at Colorado. They both unceremoniously... Uh, you know, had their success clearly at uh, other places as head coaches, but unceremoniously their uh, careers cratered, too, due to some uh, not-so-smart situations by both those guys. All right, break time right here. Uh, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. I'm here at Cavens Group. Coming right back, we'll hit the text line, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Coming right back on the home of Sooner fans. Here at Cavens Group on a Thursday, the very best in uh, emergency services, testing, and investigation services. 13 years in the business, half a million dollars given back to the community in the last four years. They truly give back and care about uh, their community, and they have the best reputation in the business they're in here at Cavens Group. Online at cavensgroup.com in the uh, Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. 918-282-7612 and their toll-free number 800-594-4437. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see the game with Eagle Vision, I recommend the new LASIK.com. If you're 40 or older, you probably are either far-sighted or near-sighted. If you think about think about improving your vision and who doesn't if you have that issue, uh you get concerned about it. Well, Turn to the new LASIK. It's basically lens replacement. What we're talking about, lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs, unlike LASIK, which many times leaves their patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to what they call monovision. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear glasses after surgery. And here's the best part. With lens replacement, you'll never require cataract surgery. Lens replacement with the new LASIK, it's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Dr. B and company, they are the best in the business. All right, 405-651-3439. I got a text. Uh, we got T.J. Eckerd coming up on the Riverwind Casino hotline, by the way, here at 135 next segment. Steely, who would you put on your... Mount Rushmore of pony football players. Pony football? Uh, I think he's talking about that's you know, for the SMU Mustang. Some people call them the ponies. So. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, you got to go with, well, you got to start with two running backs. You got to go with uh, Eric Dickerson and Doak Walker, right? Um, Dandy Don Meredith was a quarterback there. Uh, let's go with Don Meredith and the... Number four on that list, Dickerson, Doak Walker, Don Meredith, 
Forrest Gregg came back to coach. He played there. He came back to coach them post-death uh, penalty when they came back. Uh, so Forrest Gregg's in the Hall of Fame, right? But um, who was the uh, Baltimore wide receiver that played there? Hall of Famer. Raymond Berry. So uh, I would probably actually go with Dickerson, Doak Walker, Raymond Berry, and Forrest Gregg would be the four. Don Meredith just on the outside looking in. And everybody loved Don Meredith as a broadcaster and an actor, and he had a great sense of humor. But you got to go with Dickerson, Doak, uh, Raymond Berry, and Forrest Gregg would be, unless I'm leaving somebody else out that I – but those would be my uh, my SMU Rushmore guys. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, Micah from Kanawha says, TCU clearly had a preparation disadvantage for being the first team to play Colorado. TCU might win that game if they played in week three with actual Colorado film to watch. There may be some truth to that, certainly. Sooner Shane yeah, Springfield. I agree. Brought up one thing that Steely loves to bring up, which is, speaking of Dan Hawkins, he had the best presser ever. Play intramurals, brother. (laughs) Old Dan Hawkins. There is a Colorado team with Cody Hawkins that beat a Sam Bradford Oklahoma team there at Folsom Field in Boulder. But, yeah, Dan Hawkins. Uh, Let's see what we got. What else we got here on the text line from the 405? USC's defense is ranked 86th in the country after playing two bad teams. Well, uh, expect anything different? Not really. We'll see. They've got Stanford this weekend, right? SC does. So, um, please, please do not let them get into the college football playoff. But, you know, the Pac-12's got some teams out there pretty good. When you talk about Oregon, you talk about Washington, who Tulsa gets uh, this weekend out in Seattle. And then uh, clearly uh, you look at Utah with Cam Rising coming back. Oregon State's pretty good with DJ out there now. Uh, It's going to be interesting. You think USC wins that league? I it, you held a gun to my head. I would say, yeah, USC wins that league. I think Oregon will be a challenge. I I think Colorado could be a challenge. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Buffs yet. Again, like I think there's a lot that we can take away from Week One, or rather, a lot that people will take away from Week One that is probably premature. Uh, from the nine one eight, Utah is still going to take their lunch money, and I do think. The Utes are a solid football team. I know Baylor just lost to Texas State at home, but Baylor is Baylor. Dave Aranda is Dave Aranda. If Utah can go to Waco and win that game this weekend, uh, then I would say the Utes are as strong a contender as anybody to win the Pac-12. It's it's a wide-open league. It's not, it's not USC and everybody else. And yeah. that is something that Muleshoe – is not very used to because typically for him at Oklahoma and obviously last year for the better part of the season at USC too, it was them and everybody else in the league. Two weeks from Saturday, two weeks from Saturday, SC has Stanford, then they go to Tempe to play uh, Arizona State, and then they go to Colorado. Uh, That'll be a September 30th game. How great would it be 
And look, Dion at times gets on my nerves too. But as I said yesterday, the one thing Dion has continually done is back it up throughout his career. Usually backs up those words and that bravado. But how great would it be to see Dion take down Mule Soup? Would that be nice? Would you be in favor of that? I feel like most Sooner fans would be in favor of that, yes. I there And there are those that have a distaste for Dion, but mm-hmm. I think even the most level-headed Sooner fans would tell you that their distaste for Mule Shoe far exceeds their distaste for Dion Sanders. Yeah. Chapstick says Jaden Rashada will tear up the USC defense. Yeah, well, you know, uh, didn't they struggle in their opener a little bit, though? Arizona State? Uh, yeah, they struggled. And then, like, to a certain extent, it's to be expected because that is a brand-new team. That is a team that, much like Colorado, had a lot of turnover. They've got a true freshman quarterback. It's going to take them a while to really hit their stride. So I don't think we'll see the best of Arizona State football until probably the final third of the season. Jaden Rashada, though, that is a guy that if he's on his game, yes, he can tear up the USC defense. All right, we got a break right here. It is a Thursday edition of Steelman and Thune here at Cavens Group, one of the best places to be. Happy to be here each and every Thursday tomorrow at another great place, the one and only Riverwind Casino on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. When we get back, we'll head to the Riverwind Casino hotline, check in with T.J. Eckert next right here on The Ref. T.J. Ecker joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Thursday. I'm here at Cavens Group and uh, happy to be here as usual with Gary and company. Always enjoy our visits out here every week. T.J., let's start with the Sooners. I know we got T.U. in Seattle to take on Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies this weekend. But uh, what were your impressions of Game 1 for Oklahoma? What stood out to you? Yeah, Steely, I mean, it, it's hard. I was sitting on the sidelines during the game and was talking with some of the other guys down there. I was like, man, we're going to have a hard time finding something to gripe about, aren't we? And, I mean, there's 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 really not much I can think of. Uh, you know, people complain about, well, there wasn't much pass rush, whatever. That's, I don't get too wrapped up in that. Everything looked good. Uh, I thought, you know, Dylan Gabriel, I think I mentioned it to you guys last week before the game. One thing I was keeping an eye on is his, his touch and his delivery on deep balls. And, you know, I thought he looked really good. The best he's looked since he's been in Norman in terms of of the delivery of those deep balls. He he had nice touch, had nice confidence, leading guys to spots. So that was good. That was encouraging for me to see. Now it's just really, you know, you can't – I try not to glean too much just because of the opponent. We'll see what we can glean this week from SMU. I, I think the defense looked good. They were in the right spots. They were tackling well. That's what I'd like to see that again because if that happens again this week, I, I think we can all agree that SMU is a pretty pretty solid stout offense. I think that would be really nice to see back to back weeks. Okay, TJ. As most Sooner fans are aware, Oklahoma is going to be going up to Green Country next weekend to play Tulsa, yeah. first road game of the 2023 season. And you talked about not really having anything to gripe about after Oklahoma's opener. Well, Tulsa fans probably had more than a couple of things to gripe about because. Their program in week one under and game one under Kevin Wilson did have their struggles in the front end of that contest with Arkansas Pine Bluff 
Obviously, mm-hmm. they eventually pulled away, thanks in large part to redshirt freshman quarterback Cardale Williams. But what were your impressions of that contest and overall impressions through the first 60 minutes of TU's season? Yeah, so, Parker, they had three turnovers in the first, I think, five minutes or five minutes and 18 seconds. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I really hadn't seen anything like it. And the way things have gone at TU in recent years, when things start to kind of snowball like that, there's not very many people getting in front of it and trying to slow it down. For the most part, everybody's just kind of long for the ride and it just keeps going downhill. Well, whether it be the opponent or whether it be a different little mindset or different voices in that locker room, they were able to, to right the ship. And not just the turnovers. Braylon Braxton goes down with that, that ankle injury uh, there in the first quarter, and Cardell Williams comes in and does a great job, as you mentioned. So I think, again, opponent aside, you're impressed with maybe the resolve that TU had? Because it, it, it could have gotten to 14 nothing, 17 nothing. It could have gotten to a point where Tulsa's behind the eight ball in a big way, and defense gets some stops, offense gets a little rhythm going, and then from that point, I mean, Tulsa was clearly the better team. So uh, really encouraged. It was, it was nice to see a little fight from them when things weren't going their way. That was kind of a problem. Uh, in, in years past to some extent. So big test this week, obviously, with Washington. Uh, I would imagine the expectations aren't super high, which might be a good thing. We'll see what this team can do when when they're not really being uh, expected to do much, I guess. So did the uh, door swing completely open for uh, Cardell Williams after that performance? Uh, exciting dual-thread guy, red shirt uh, freshman out of the Houston area. Uh What's it, what's it look like for him moving forward now at that position? Yeah, so uh, Kevin Wilson, I asked him this week just for an update on Braylon Braxton's ankle, and he, and he said, regardless, right now, Braylon's still the starter. So whether it's he comes back this week or, or next week or whatever, the, he's still the guy. That's, it's still his position to lose. Now, if he's out this week and Cardell goes up to Seattle and, and lights up the Washington defense and, and makes it a really competitive game up there against the – they're number eight in the country now. Then I think you got to start, yeah, really considering him being being the guy right now. Assuming Braylon doesn't play, Wilson made it a point that it's not a, uh, a something serious. So he's he's been doing some stuff in practice this week. So we might see him, we might not. But if he can play well, this is kind of his audition. Like you, you know, you go up there and you play well. And if Braylon's forced to miss some more time against OU the next week, then and you play well there, then I mean, you can't take him out at that point. So. He was, uh, he was impressive. He's a little bit more athletic than Braylon. Uh, Braylon Braxton's a good athlete, but uh, Cardell's a little more fast twitch. He's, he's quicker and a little more elusive. Uh, the, the, the question mark had been the accuracy in practice and, and through talking with Wilson during camp, and, and he threw the ball pretty well last week. So we'll see if he can continue that this week up there at Washington. Now, TJ, I, I personally, and I don't know if you're the same way, I try not to take too much away from week one in general, but yep. just given some of the things that we saw in week one, some of the things we know to this point, you get the sense we're in for a real fun and novel season of college football because you got Alabama and Georgia breaking in new quarterbacks, lots of change there. Clemson falls to Duke. Ohio State has problems. A lot of the traditional powers in college football seem to have at least a few major questions to answer in 2023. So I I kind of get the sense. I'd like to know if you agree you feel like for the first time in, shoot, four or five years in the world of college football, it might be anybody's game in 2023? 
Maybe a little bit more parity this year, Parker. And, and really, I think Georgia's schedule is, is fairly simple. Like, I feel like they, they've got somewhat of a cakewalk. Breaking in the quarterback will be, will be interesting to see. Alabama will probably find out a little bit more this week against Texas, which, again, the, out, the, the national media loves Texas. We have always been pretty good about a wait-and-see approach with the Longhorns. And so who knows how truly special they are this year. But we should learn, learn more about Bama this week. Um, yeah, it just it feels like, and I don't know this to be a fact. This is just me spitballing. I think I think the portal has has kind of helped with parity a little bit. I think I think the big schools are still getting the big time guys out of the portal, but it seems like it's it's it hasn't leveled the playing field. But the playing field appears to not be as uneven as it used to be. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that those traditional powers are, are having some. There, there are some question marks and some key positions. Ohio State is in a similar boat as well. Uh, so it, it does kind of feel like just win games early and then you can figure it out in conference play. And once you get through that, then, I mean, really, honestly, who knows what could happen with, I mean, I don't, I don't know how sharp it was to pick Duke this past week. Like, I don't know if that was a very popular pick or not, but it sure came out of left field for me. So I'd be curious to see what else happens throughout these next few weeks. T.J. Ecker joining us, Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Thursday. What's your take on uh, Dion in Colorado? <laughs> he, you know, it's cool. I, I was just talking about this with somebody this week. You know, it's cool that he's gone to a place that hasn't had very much success and has kind of breathed some life into that program. He just, he's just kind of obnoxious for me. Like I don't, I don't know if that's if that's wrong to say or bad to say. I don't know. It just. It feels a lot about it, it, the, the stuff they're doing. Feels a lot all about Dion, you know. And he makes it about himself. That's how it kind of feels. And, and maybe he's just drawing attention to the program. I don't know. It feels like he's drawing more attention to himself than anything else. Uh, they're fun to watch. It was a fun game to watch against TCU. That offense is is, is exciting. I mean, those guys they got some studs there, and uh, good for Shadur Sanders playing well. I can't. That's got to be hard being the, the head coach's son, and your head coach is Coach Prime. Like I think that's got to be difficult. So. Cool to see him handle things the way that he has so far. Uh, the Nebraska game's interesting. That, that, that'd be some intrigue there. I saw a picture, and you guys know better than me, I don't remember the last time they played, like 07, 09, somewhere in there when it was in Boulder, and the picture of the stadium was like 75, 80% Nebraska red. Like yeah. I, I, I'd, imagine, I'd, I'd imagine Cornhusker fans will still show out, but I think Colorado's got a nice little fan base that are following them this year. Was yeah, it the crying kid game, Parker? No, no, no. no. So the last time they, the last time those two teams played in Boulder was actually 2019. I remember this well because I was watching oh. it from the press box at Owen Field. Colorado trailed that game, I think, by 14 points heading into the fourth quarter. And in typical Scott Frost, Nebraska fashion, that's right. The Huskers ended up choking it away. So that was the last okay. two teams. Yeah, that was the last time those two teams faced off in Boulder. Now that was the last. That kind of started the uh, Scott Frost losing close games thing, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. It yeah, really did. That go. was kind of the beginning of the. Well, it's, can you call it the beginning of the end? If it was only year two, that's really what it was, though. It was just a <laughs> steady of. decline for three straight seasons, going on four under Scott Frost for Nebraska. So, uh, TJ, last question for you before we let you go. Now, do you sense, having watched Oklahoma on Saturday and the way that those wide receivers played, we've heard so many of these receivers talk about how much of a benefit Emmett Jones has been in terms of uh, their technical sharpening, route running, 
uh, ability to go track and attack the ball in the air. Do you sense already some Emmett Jones influence in the way that those receivers played on Saturday? Feels like you don't have to look much further than Jaden Gibson for that question. Like it just it feels like a guy that has had and maybe it's just maybe it was the before he came into school all this hype, but it felt like that was a guy that should have contributed right away and just really kind of struggled out of the gate. And then you see him really go up and attack two deep balls as you're talking about going up and high pointing and, and that those technical things. I mean, he looked like a guy that you can you know just kind of like. Just throw it somewhere over there. Jaden Gibson's probably somewhere down there. Like that's that's kind of what that felt like on Saturday, and that's great. And so to your point, I do think there is a little bit of an influence there. Um, you know, it's hard. And I got I go back and watch the game, so it's hard on the field to get a sense of guys being in and out of the breaks and stuff like that. But it felt like either Dylan Gabriel was doing a good job of throwing guys open, or those guys were doing a great job creating separation in their routes. And so that could also be. And Emmett Jones trade. And another thing, just to hit on it, we talked a little bit during the offseason about who's going to be the downfield threat, who's going to be the guy to, to maybe stretch the field vertically. And, again, don't know if it's just opponent with it being Arkansas State, have no idea, but it, it, would, it would appear that Andrew Anthony is kind of the take-the-top-off guy. And, and that's great to have, especially if you can connect on a few deep balls like they did this past week. Because literally any threat of a vertical passing game just completely opens up this offense. So, yeah, shout-out to Emma Jones. It seems like some of the stuff he's worked on in spring ball, whatever, has, has turned out to be well, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a big confidence boost for Jaden Gibson because I love him coming in. I'd love to see him continue to contribute. TJ, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Talk to you again soon. You bet, guys. Look forward to it. See you. TJ Anchor joining us, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Hour number two here on uh, Steel Man and Thune on the Ref Radio Network, brought to you by Oklahoma Generator. Go to okgen.com or call them at 405-321-6631, Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer, currently offering new customer discounts and free 10-year warranties with new installations at Oklahoma Generator. Coming back, one more segment to go for us, well, for me, anyway. Of course, Parker's getting locked in with Tyler at 2 o'clock. Keep it here on The Ref. We go to the big-time places with the best reputation, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Cavens Group is one of those. Always great being out here with Gary and company. The best in the emergency services industry, clearly. They are the five-star recruit that you need to call. You need a commitment from Cabins, and Cabins will be committed to you. They're the best. Also, looking forward to being out at the one and only Riverwind Casino tomorrow. What a weekend. Always a great time out at Riverwind. This weekend, Friday night, tomorrow night, we have REO Speedwagon in concert. That'll be a heck of a show. And then the very next Friday night, you talk about a staple of my childhood as well, Chicago. I mean, I wore out eight tracks and cassettes, and vinyl for both of those bands. So tomorrow night, Showplace Theater, Riverwind Casino, REO Speedwagon, and then the next Friday night, September 15th, Chicago. What a great, 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 great duo of bands coming to the Showplace Theater the next two Friday nights. We have Foreigner early in October, Carly Pierce in October, uh, Rodney Carrington's got a couple shows in October. We also have Aaron Lewis in the way, Flatland Cavalry, Boys to Men. Don't forget, we have a Beats and Bites October show on the schedule with Jen Blossoms, Tonic, 
and Wakeland on the Coop Ale Works Beach and Bite stage October 22nd. Tickets for all these events uh, available at riverwind.com. Or if you're at the casino, go by the box office there. And don't forget, also, Saturday night drawings for the uh, 50K Harvest Winnings promotion happening this Saturday night again. So it's going to be another great big-time weekend at Riverwind Casino. Can't we wait to be there tomorrow for an OEC Fiber Football Friday. All right, Parker, do you want to get some texts in? What do you want to do? It's your sure, call. Let's go, let's go to the text line from the 918. It's felt like since CD left, we haven't had a receiver find space. Prior to that, we've had them since Stoops' first year. Was that a Simmons coaching issue or mule shoe? Receivers found space much better last week. Well, it's clearly a mule shoe issue. Anything negative is a mule shoe, no doubt. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, a listener in the 580 said it's too bad USC didn't start the season against Oregon State. The Beavers would have gotten the upset, and DJ Uyunglele would be the Heisman front runner. Yeah, uh, DJ, how'd he play? Uh, I didn't see his numbers uh, in week one. I think but he had, what, four or five touchdown yeah, passes, something like that? Oregon his dad, State's a sneaky good football team. Yeah, and uh, his dad took a shot at Dabo, right? Did he really? Yeah, he took some kind of a shot at Dabo. I didn't Big see what Dave. it was, but yeah. Big Dave Big, going after Dabo. Dabo's getting worn out on social media. If you recall, Oregon State, and this is back before anybody knew they were good, they gave USC a run for their money. Would that have been game two last season? It was very early on. Game two, um, game four, something like that. USC won that game 17-14 to 14 up in Corvallis. I thought it was like midway through the year, and didn't they score? It was a long pass from Caleb Williams to the uh, – who was the kid from Pitt? Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Wasn't it Jordan Addison that basically won it for him? But, yeah, that was a tight game. That was a tight game last year. No doubt about it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Pac-12, even though their conference is a mess, they've got some quarterbacks out there now, right? they got some quarterbacks, no doubt about it. And if DJ Uyunglele ever lives up to the five-star billing, Oregon State might be a sneaky Pac-12 championship contender this year as well. And obviously the week one returns were good on DJ, but week one is week one. So I think the jury's still out in my opinion. EJ from Louisiana says, is Mule Shoe also convincing Caleb to come back another year to lessen the blow as USC goes into the Big Ten? Um, I don't know. Uh, what would you think on that? I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if he wins the Heisman, there would always be, you know, he'd make history. You know, it's already, I mean, it's been, what was it, 74-75 for Archie Griffin, the only guy to win back-to-back Heismans. If he could be a triple winner of the Heisman, that would be big, obviously. But uh, Carl Williams, I don't know if he understands the nature of how they do the NFL draft. Do you? Because he'll be in the same situation the year after. Yes, the team with the first pick in the NFL draft is the team that was either the worst team in the NFL the year prior or a team that traded an absolute king's ransom and probably set themselves back at every other position as far as talent and depth in order to draft a generational quarterback. So any way you slice it, if you are going to be the number one draft pick and Caleb Williams, barring catastrophic injury, will be the number one draft pick, any way you slice it, you are going to a team that is starting from scratch. 
and building the organization, building the franchise around you. Yeah, that's how it works. And you know uh, what dogs do, Steely? Dogs transform a franchise. You know who did that? Baker Mayfield. Year three in Cleveland, they won a playoff game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right, speaking of Baker, uh, Tampa Bay at the Vikings, uh, noon on CBS, Vikings five-and-a-half-point favorite. We do have the start of the NFL season tonight, by the way. The Lions at Kansas City tonight, 7-20 on NBC, so the uh, NFL uh, NFL season officially kicks off tonight with uh, Detroit at Kansas City. want to thank, ladies and gentlemen, Gary and the group out here at Cavens Group, they are the best in the business. Can't thank them enough for all they do, not only uh, for people who are in emergency situations, but the community as well. Let's get locked in up next. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday.